Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, when a friend calls to me from the road and slows his horse to a meaning walk, I don't stand still and look around on all the hills I haven't hoed and shout from where I am, what is it? No, not as there is a time to talk. I thrust my hoe in the mellow ground, blade up, end up, and five feet tall and plod. I go up to the stone wall for a friendly visit. That's a time to talk by Robert Frost. Uh, It's a poem about friendship. And I felt compelled to share that poem with you today for two reasons. Uh, The first is that we're in a discipleship series right now called Follow Me, Go and Be, where we're, we're looking at different areas in our lives that God has actually placed us into in order to follow Him. And today we're looking at friendship. Go and be friends. That's reason number one. The second reason I shared is because I have a friend. His name's Tanner Olson. And uh, he's kind of made it his mission in this life to spread hope by sharing poetry. And he actually shares his own poetry. You can find him on YouTube or Spotify if you look up Written to Speak. Uh, That's my friend Tanner. But I thought I would honor Tanner today by sharing uh, some poetry with you anyway, even though it's not his. (laughs) And of course, uh, this poem is about friendship. And I've heard it said about friendship uh, that a, a true friend will do two things for you. A true friend will always let you in, and they will never let you down. A true friend will always let you in, and they will never let you down. And as I think about my old friend Tanner, he checks those boxes pretty well. Uh, Tanner lets me in. But that didn't happen immediately, right? He didn't let me in the the first day I met him. We had to to build our friendship, right? That's how friendships go. You have to to mutually let each other in. There's a a mutual sharing of secrets that happens in stages. And that's actually the word for friendship in Hebrew, secret. Secret. Psalm 25, 14 says this. In the ESV, it says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him. But in the King James Version, it says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And that's because that that word, sowed, in Hebrew, it means secret and friendship. And so, Tanner and I, we would... Well, we shared our secrets in the apartment that we lived together in with, uh, with four other guys, actually. There were six of us total in college. We called ourselves uh, the Man Village. It was kind of a rowdy time. Um, but, but Tanner and I especially grew close uh, because we shared a, a bedroom in the Man Village. And we even had uh, bunk beds, right? So I slept on the bottom bunk, he slept on the top bunk. Maybe it was the other way around, but, but every night... We went to sleep, and we would share with each other. We couldn't really see each other, but we would talk to each other and listen and share what happened in our day, share uh, what, what was on our hearts, what was on our minds, and share our secrets. And over time, we grew close. 
But it, it wasn't always to share either. Uh, sometimes letting each other in meant actually hearing things you really didn't want to hear. But that's also the mark of a true friend, right? They, they tell it to you straight. And that's what that proverb, Proverbs 27, was getting after. The one that said, a better is open rebuke than hidden love. And faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now, a friendly wound, that's a metaphor for words that your friend needs to hear, but that you know are going to be painful for them to hear. But you know... You know they have to hear these words because if you don't share it with them, it might end up kind of disastrous for them, right? You, you see something in them that they don't see and they need you to share it with them because as friends, well, we, we make decisions based off of who we think we are. And the basis for that is built in much part on what our friends are willing to share with us and these things that we don't see in ourselves. But what if you're afraid to say those things that are hard to each other? Well, then you're not really a friend, right? Look at the, the parallelism in this verse. This is actually the way to read Hebrew poetry. Oftentimes, the clauses of a verse will correspond with the same clause in the next verse. So, uh, in this case, verses 5 and 6, the second clause of verse 5 talks about hidden love. Now, that's another metaphor, and that's describing a person who thinks that they are loving by hiding truth. Right? You say, well, I, I can't confront them on, on, on this or that issue. I can't tell that person that because I love them too much. I can't tell that person the truth because I love them and, and it would hurt them. But look at what it's parallel to in, in verse 6. Hiding, covering up is the same as the action of an enemy. Hidden love is the same as, as the kisses of an enemy. It's like Judas betraying with a kiss. And why is that? Because if you say, oh, I love that person too much to tell them the truth, and what you're really saying is, I love myself too much to have to go through that. You're not being a friend. But what that person needs is the truth. They need a friend. And we actually see this play out in that story we heard from Mark chapter 2 in our gospel reading. Those four guys carrying their paralytic friend to Jesus for him to be healed. Right? They bring him to Jesus, but they had to do something before they just picked him up and started carrying him away. They needed to show him, they needed to convince him that he had a problem. And maybe that was obvious in this case, right? I mean, he was paralyzed. He could see that. Anybody could see that. It wasn't like some of these internal qualities that are, that are harder to, to see, to pick up on, but, but you can probably also think of a friend who has something that they should work on that, that's so obvious to you, but they're completely oblivious to it. 
and it paralyzes them. Maybe it's paralyzing them from connecting with other people or, or paralyzing them from, from growing into uh, uh, more who, who they could become. It's, it's paralyzing their personal growth, but they're oblivious to it. And they need a friend to show them, to reveal it to them. And of course, none of this is about being judgmental. This is never done with an air of superiority. We all know that we have our own blind spots. And these guys in the story, they're, they're looking to help their friend, right? They're taking him to see Jesus. They want what's best for their friend. And they're doing it from a good place, out of a good heart. But, but the reality is our friends need this kind of honesty from us. It's a critical part of friendship. A friend will always let you in. And as we said earlier, a friend will never let you down. Unless, of course, that's what they need to do in order to, to help you out. And again, I'm thinking of our friends from Mark chapter 2, right? Uh, they, they don't just see a need in their friend, but they actually take action. They do something about it on behalf of their friend. They don't let him down. And they don't let him down by letting him down. <laughs> uh, letting him down to see Jesus, to be healed by Jesus. These guys go to the mat for their friend. They, they lay down whatever it was they were up to. They sacrifice their time. They put their friend on their own shoulders to help him out. And they know the right place to take their friend. And I, I hope you have someone like that in your life too. I'll tell you today, if you don't have friends in your life who will take you to Jesus when disaster strikes, find some of those friendships. Build some of those friendships because no doubt there will come a time in your life when disaster will hit. A time when you need some sound advice or some help and, and you will need somebody in your life to point you to the right source of healing. There's plenty of bad advice out there, and there's plenty of people out there who will have no problem watching you fall. I mean, they'll be fine to, to, to just kind of lament and wallow with you, but they won't actually help you out, right? A man of many companions may come to ruin, but what you want is a friend who will stick closer to you than a brother, a friend who will take you to a place of healing when disaster strikes. Now, that's a true friend. And we know that that ultimate place of healing is Jesus Christ. Because He is the truest of friends. He is the one who will always let you in and who will never let you down. And we see this in a text most explicitly, uh, not in any of the ones we read today, but in another spot, in John chapter 15, uh, where Jesus says this. He says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for his friends. And he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. 
Now, this is the night when Jesus would be betrayed. When Jesus would go to the mat for you. When He would lay down His life for you. And Jesus says, you can't be my friends unless you see this. Unless you see that I am laying down my life for you. Now, you might wonder, well, what's so distinct about this? What's so, what's so important or different about Jesus laying down His life for His friends? I mean, I know a lot of people have, who have died for their friends. But not like this. Listen, if I see you in peril... And if I risk my life for you and lose it in the process of saving yours, it's not true that I've actually given you my life. No. I've sacrificed a few of my years, and I've given you a few more years of your life, but I can't give you my life. My life is already forfeited. And I was going to die anyway. The Bible says that no one can voluntarily die, that all of us have, have death coming to knock on our door someday. Our, our lives are forfeited, right? The wages of sin is death. It's punishment. And, and that's a hard word. That's a hard truth that the Bible doesn't hold back from us. It speaks that to us. It speaks what we need to hear. And so there's not a single person in this room that can die voluntarily. You can, you can give up a few years, but you can't give your life for someone else. You're just paying your debt a little bit early. But Jesus, Jesus was the only one who could give up his life because he had a perfect record. A death didn't have a claim on Jesus. Jesus is the only one who could give it up willingly. And Jesus says to you, because death has no claim on me, because my record is perfect, if I die for you, that doesn't just mean you have a few more years. That means that every sin and every debt that you've ever incurred, I take upon myself. I can vanquish death. And it's hold over you. I'm your substitute. I stand in for you. And if I lay down my life for you, that's the greatest act of friendship. Because not only am I the only one who can give you life, I don't, I don't actually have to die. <laughs> my death actually saves you. It doesn't give you just a few more years. See, greater love has no one than this. Jesus is in a league of His own. He is the truest friend because He went to the mat for you. He went to the cross for you fighting. And He still fights for you today. He will never let you down. And He also lets you win. Jesus tells you this secret, and this is the secret. I remember how I said how friends share each other's secrets. Well, this is His deepest secret. 
And if you don't hear this, and if you don't accept this, you can't be his friend. Why do you think that, that right before he dies, he says, you know, up to this point, I've called you servants. But now tonight, I want to call you my friends. Because this is where his friendship is based. I have laid down my life for you. Have you ever had the experience where you've shared something that was really, really deep and personal? You shared it with somebody, a person, and that person, they just, they didn't get it at all. You know, they, they just laughed or they, they changed the subject. They didn't see how deep this was. They didn't see how close this was to your, your heart, how intimate this was for you, and, and it hurt, right? And you felt like, I, I can't really be friends with this person. They didn't, they didn't get it. And many of us have had that experience, most if not all of us. Jesus Christ, this is the secret. and He's sharing it with you. Anyone who reads it and anyone who hears it today, don't miss it. Jesus says, look, if you want to be my, my servants, if you want to run around being religious, if you want to come to church and just do a lot of busy things for me, yeah, you can do that. That's, that's fine. But if you want to be my friend, if you want to have eternal life, if you want to know me personally, then you have got to be absolutely amazed by this. And you've got to build your life on the fact that I have laid down my life for you. Because that's what it means to be friends. To not only let others in, but to accept their offer. To be let in to their friendship. My friends, if you take Jesus up on his offer, you will not be let down. So my encouragement to you today is to share your life, to share your secrets with Jesus, your greatest friend. He will always let you in. And listen to his voice, his truth-telling voice, even his hard voice and remember that the wounds from this faithful friend, well, those wounds he bore for you on the cross. And remember that and hear his, his voice of forgiveness for you. Let him in and you will experience the greatest friendship you could ever ask for because Jesus will always let you in and he will never let you down. And then go and be a friend for others. Be there for them. Speak uh, the truth to them. Speak the way. Speak the life to them. Follow me. I have made you my friends. And go and be friends. Amen.